still Friday, February 23rd, uh, but Josh had more. We had more that we wanted to say, so uh, we're continuing on with uh, episode episode 9 of Mind Body Evolution. Hi again, Josh. <laughs> Hi, Eric. Yeah, I... Um... Yeah, in addition to being dyslexic, I'm ADHD, so it's very easy to get distracted. It's somewhat of a superpower when it comes to researching stuff on the internet. I can go down deep dives on all sorts of topics, but uh, uh, it's hard to stay on one. Uh, so anyway, I um, I really wanted to talk about. I, I would I would I would venture a guess that might be part of why your students enjoy you because the conversations are always wide ranging and fascinating. There is always pluses and minuses to these things. All yes. our strengths are weaknesses, and vice versa. Yes, indeed. Uh, so one thing I wanted to talk about at the beginning of talking about AI that I never really got to was where it, where it stands in the evolution of consciousness. And, uh, that was, uh, something that, um, uh, I felt important to, to tie in AI to the podcast in general, uh, but show that how our tools have sort of co-evolved with us and that AI evolving as a tool for, you know, writing and thinking is, is very much the next level of, of, of where our consciousness is going to be going. And I wanted to think a little bit about how we do co-evolve with our tools. So as we got better tools, our teeth got smaller because we didn't need to chew as much. Uh, as we got cooking, our stomach got smaller because it was easier to digest things. Um, what is this going to start doing to our brains as we co-evolve with the, with the AI? Um, and because it's, it's acting at a cultural level rather than necessarily a genetic one, uh, the evolution can go much, much more rapidly. If you, if you need to change things genetically, that might take a million years. But if you need to change something culturally, that can, that can take months. Uh, so we can, we can change our culture, uh, you know, the, the thing we live in. Uh, we can change it very rapidly. The, the matrix. Well, our habitat, the, our 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 ecological niche is defined by our culture, the the places we live, the stuff we eat, all of these things, and uh, they used to be defined by our our genome. But as we uh, co-evolved with culture as as part of our evolution, more and more it became culture that drove things. So we don't need to evolve fur; we can just put on a jacket. Uh, culture buffers many of the things that we are actually affected by the world, but also defines how we how we respond to it. And so uh, the evolution of culture is absolutely an important thing to think about in biological evolution in relation to humans. It happens in other creatures as well, but we have the most of it uh, by far. Uh, so it's 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 interesting to think about from from that point of view to think about how evolution is going to start. Uh, co-evolving with us. And something I wanted to point out uh, was that um, we we're talking about the evolution of a standard English and that we're uh, going to start moving towards a more and more standardized version. And that's going to happen culturally. As, as, as AI leads us to a more AI way of communicating. Because AI is going to find the most standardized version. It, it doesn't know what anything is. It's going to find what's the most like the news articles that it reads and what all those news articles have in common and eliminate all the differences. And so it's going to lead to this very, very standardized version of doing things. And then when the students start replicating this and learn it, they're going to learn that approach to English, which is going to cause the AI to uh, further refine their model and make it even more standardized. So this is a kind of evolutionary process where it goes back and forth and it pushes towards a single ideal that we're not sure what that is mm -hmm. exactly, mm -hmm. but that it's going to evolve from our interaction with the AI. Um, I'm worried about the same thing that's going to happen to our um, cultural perceptions of each other particularly. 
that um, we're already causing a lot of stress, particularly for uh, young women uh, as they get onto social media with the standardization of beauty. And this has been something that's been an issue forever, essentially. you see the discussions coming out in the uh, women's magazines of the 80s. Um, they're, they're, they're pushing particular uh, uh, cultural de- definitions of beauty, often that are unattainable by actual women. Uh, and so it forces, uh, well, not forces, but um, entices people into becoming anorexic uh, as, as a way of becoming more beautiful. Mm. And so... Uh, or at least to take Ozempic. Uh, that, that's the new thing, but, you know... This has been something that has been, this is not a new thing that AI has discovered Mm -hmm. uh, and that um, social media has already made worse uh, and started to make it uh, completely artificial. So you have filters that can make your eyes bigger than a human's eyes. Uh, And then people compare these things to those standards of beauty and uh, there's there's, no way to compare yourself. Uh, And then uh, it's, it's at both sides. So you know, normally this is thought of as uh, women are trying to now achieve these these artificial standards of beauty. But again, uh, uh, men are absolutely part of the equation. These are beauty traps, essentially, thirst traps for men uh, to attract men. And the AI will start to know what is attracting the most hits. We already count hits and women have tried to manipulate their images online to get the most hits. And so uh, that- I mean, everyone tries to manipulate their images online to get the most hits. And so this has already changed uh, the way we present ourselves. And it's undoubtedly starting to uh, change the way we are attracted to things. So that we're gonna start being attracted to things that don't actually exist instead of women. We've talked about the problems of of, uh, the decline of uh, sex within our culture uh, and the uh, lowering birth rate. This is something else to think about in this context where we're creating these these unobtainable um, beauty images for women, which is terribly damaging to them physically and psychically, uh, but also uh, to to men. We're going to start evolving men who are attracted to things that don't exist, uh, which cannot be good for for a species. and, and, and many species can be manipulated this way. So, uh, for example, um, sword tails are a kind of uh, fish with a extra long tail that makes them look longer. And the females like fish that look longer than shorter fish. There are relatives of, of sword tails that are very closely related. They can interbreed, but they don't have the long tail. If you tape a long tail onto a male, uh, the females will flock to it. So... They, they will be attracted even though that doesn't occur in their species. So there are things in brains of fish that are attracted to particular shapes uh, that are programmed in there uh, by evolution, but that can be then manipulated. So one species, the sword tails, figured out how to manipulate that by growing an artificially long tail and attracting the females. This is kind of what we're doing. Uh, we are, as a species, attracted to large eyes uh, because um, it uh, is part of what enables us to keep our infants alive, right? They're, they're, depend- they're dependent on us all the time. So uh, if we didn't really like them, <laughs> it would be bad for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need food in the middle of the freaking night, two hours sometimes between feedings, four if you're lucky. Uh, and part of what keeps us going is those big eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we put big eyes on ourselves first artificially, you know, the, 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 um, the word coal, uh, where we actually get alcohol means essence or something that's been refined or purified or, or, uh, distilled. Uh, but originally was related also to the word coal as in the black 
coal, rock. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Coal was something that the Egyptians used to underline their eyes mm -hmm. to make their eyes look bigger. So we've been manipulating these images for a very, very long time and have been responding to them because men can't help responding just the way those female uh, sword tails can't help responding to this extra artificially long tail. It means nothing about the actual reproductive value of that male. Uh, but it is a signal that, oh, look, he's got a long tail, and so they're attracted. So the women with larger eyes are more attractive. Probably would work somewhat for men, but historically, most of the way dynamics have worked is women trying to attract men and men doing the hunting of women. That's sort of how things have historically happened. Not advocating it, just reporting it. <laughs> um, so, you know, this, this, these are the ways these dynamics happen. And so Instagram has undoubtedly been already manipulating the way men are responding to these images. It's not just uh, getting those clicks, but once you've learned how to click on something that's attractive, that's going to be reinforced. Again, dopamine, reinforced. You get a little ping every time you see that particular image. So you start looking for that particular image. Um, what is AI going to do? AI is going to know this even better. And you don't even need to have humans anymore. Already, many of the models on Instagram are AI. They're not actual people. And so it's, it's yes, definitely creating unreachable, unreachable um, beauty standards for women, which is devastating, but is also manipulating men into being even worse consumers of sexual uh, product than they were before. And it's going to do things that are terrible. Um, so again, big eyes. These are, these are attractive because they're childlike. We're putting them on sexualized images of women. Childlike, big eyes on sexualized. Um, many of the things that we're attracted to are things related to uh, being well under 18. Uh, mm -hmm. The upturned nose that many women get nose jobs to simulate uh, is an upturned nose that infants need so they can breathe and don't drown while they're nursing on the mm -hmm. breast. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it turns up so they can keep the nose off mm -hmm. the breast. Um, these are things that signal youth, that the younger you are, the more upturned your nose is. So we're starting to, um, you know, we've been doing this with, with plastic surgery. We've been doing it with filters on Instagram. Now, now uh, AI can start playing with these, uh, these, these criteria, things that are deep, deep in our brains, the, the size of hips and buttocks, the size of breasts, the position of breasts, shapes, things that can't possibly be reproduced by actual women. Uh, are going to get more clicks. They're going to be things where you're going to combine, um, you know, the, the 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 curves of a 30 year old with a face of a 12 year old. There's going to be things that are going to be uh, encouraging sexualization of uh, underage uh, girls. Um, there's already I just read as if that doesn't happen as anyway. if exactly. No, I was just reading in in in, in the Times yesterday. They had a, an article on how the Insta moms are putting their underage girls online. And they're doing it for the clicks and the comments by the men are disgusting. Uh, um, and I actually had an idea for how to deal with some of the disgusting communications online. Okay. Um, slightly off topic, but is, is, it's related to the problems of uh, online pornography in many ways. Um, in the early days of the internet, uh, I didn't have a television and I had young children. And I wanted to give them videos, but I didn't want to have a television in my house. I thought television was 
um, bad for many, many reasons. Terrible programming, terrible advertising. Uh, you, you, you start it and you end up watching something you would never watch by choice. It just sort of forces it down your throat. So I didn't want one of these things in my house. Um, but on the other hand, videos are great when you have small children. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted the internet to be providing me videos. And this was, you know, years before YouTube even. Uh, so I was searching for ways to get things. And there was various forms of piracy and there was things that were legal and semi-legal and all sorts of stuff. And I got this really, I actually started going deep where I, I would get permissions for uh, technologies when they first came out. I would get codes that would allow me into being beta tests of things. Mm-hmm. And I got into this uh, file sharing program. I wish I could remember the name of it. It was a decade ago or more two decades ago, uh, that allowed you to um, stream entire movies and you would share these movies on your personal website. So you would have your little avatar and then all the movies you had. And if anyone clicked on your avatar, they would see all your movies and they could just uh, stream them from there. And if they wanted to put them on their website, they would just cut and paste it right to their website. And so everyone had their own website with their own movies on it. And it instantly became all porn. Everyone's avatar was disgusting and all of their movies were porn and then over on one little corner they'd have like a disney folder and so if you wanted stuff you'd be like i take my laptop away from anywhere where my kids would be (laughs) and i'd find the ones that had the disney folder and we'd watch some disney movies and i'd say you cannot touch my computer you don't go anywhere near any of the buttons it'll all explode because i knew that if they just x'd out it they would just see pages of porn (laughs) and it was it was really really awkward and then about um Three months into this, where the people realized they had a disaster on their hands, uh, they started figuring out ways to get rid of all of the porn. And I think it was it was brilliant of them. They didn't change anything except you uh, had to become the friends with someone to see the uh, to see the um, movies on their site. So it put a tiny barrier for people just surfing for porn. So before you could just. Look at anybody's web page. And so, so, so any, any avatar you saw, you clicked on it and looked at their web page to see if they had something. So I'm looking for Disney folders. Right. And, and most people are just clicking on who has the biggest breasts in their avatar. Right. And so everyone's a naked woman and everyone's clicking on, you know, naked women. Mm-hmm. Now you have to be friends with someone. And so if you want to be friends with someone, no one wants a naked lady friend. They want a person. And so people started making their avatars be real humans. Mm -hmm. It also showed a list of who your friends were. And no one wanted a list of friends that were all naked ladies. So they started making real avatars. And almost overnight, all the porn disappeared from everyone's pages. People would Because you had to identify yourself. Not with a real name. It was still completely anonymous. You just identified yourself within the group that you were dealing with, but no one wanted the naked pictures anymore. Even though... It had been on the people's pages already. It was your page with your thing, but it wasn't driving clicks anymore, and it wasn't and it wasn't um, something that people wanted on their page. And so people still had porn folders. They would have it as a folder on their page mm-hmm, somewhere, mm-hmm. and they would have a warning label on it. But uh, now their pages were all Disney movies and kids movies and stuff that people actually wanted. And it was and because instead of driving clicks, you were driving friends. And the people with the most friends had the most movies that people actually wanted. And it changed overnight. And I wonder if we couldn't do something like this with the way we respond, where there'd be some sort of relationship between what you've said <laughs> and how people deal with you. Not in terms of, um, you know, does, 
people could still be anonymous possibly, just like it was on this site, but where you would actually um, see <laughs> what people were up to in some way. You know, this is how traditionally science, uh, sorry, not science, how society has policed itself. You know, all, all the men have always been dogs, and there's always been women who want to take their clothes off to attract the dogs. Mm. Um, but generally, this doesn't happen in public because we're all kind of watching each other, mm. and we're just kind of embarrassed. Well, I mean, and that's, I mean, I hear what you're saying, and that's where I was going, and you said it. The key is shame. The key is that is that... You're a little embarrassed about this, so at least you're going to put it up in the corner and hide it and put a warning on it so that it's not the most prominent thing on the web page that's associated with your avatar. The thing is, it feels like we've moved into an era that's very much post-shame. Because we've, we've been exclusively doing social media that um, downplay the connection between something you should be ashamed of and any value on the social media. It had all been there on this website before. You got more clicks for the nakedness. You got more people going to your page for the nakedness. But as soon as you had to display your friends and people were looking for who had the best friends, suddenly all the porn went away. Again, like almost overnight. Well, again, this was 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. And again, I'm like, I, I love where you're coming at from this, but I, I don't know. Are we in an, an era that is different now where people don't feel the same shame about certain things? It's, it's, it's not really about that. I don't think you're going to change people. What you can change is the way the motivation system works, just like eBay with, with, with their, their feedback. There's always going to be scammers out there, and there are always going to be people who figured out a way to scam the system. Mm -hmm. But in general, the system works because people literally write comments and rate things, and mostly you're not going to buy something if someone's gotten bad feedback. Or no feedback. Or no feedback. So everyone has this you know really built-in guarantee just based on everyone else's comments. And you can manipulate it and it does get manipulated and you still will get ripped off, but it has lowered the chances by far because of that system. Uh, and I, I think we could do the same for ourselves online so we don't go down this rabbit hole that we are speeding as fast as we can down where we're gonna create artificial things to attract the worst parts of, of, ourselves. of ourselves, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say today. I just wanted to be short and sweet, but I, I wanted to draw that connection between co-evolution of, of culture and our tools and where we're going evolutionarily and co-evolutionarily with the development of AI. I mean, it's interesting because, you know, you, we, we normally think of as ev ev evolution as a force that happens over such long periods of time that we don't have any uh, interaction or interplay with it. We can't affect how evolution is going to go, but you're saying that this is a this is an evolution, but this is an evolution happening at such a scale that we actually can have an influence on it. it it's, it's happening in our lifetime. It's happening right now. It's happening to our sons I mean, and again, daughters. What you're what you're coming at is a is a is a again just like the last episode, a hopeful point of view that like if we are conscious about how we interact with this thing, yes, that maybe we can actually affect our co-evolution in a positive way. Yes. Rather than and still have free speech. Arms in the air screaming. Yeah. I mean the the, the FBI is already worried about how is the FBI going to start underage AI uh, pornography? How how is the FBI going to find these things? And the FBI is already trying to police thought in many ways. You can't um, have any kind of pornography that references anyone under 18, but 
you know, what would Nabokov have done with literally <laughs> writing Lolita? You know, these these things are would catch an FBI alert right away. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, it's really strange to think about, we're going to try and let there be this absolute free-for-all and then police it by arresting people who look at underage computer images or something. You know, I, 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 that's, I, it's, it's, it's going to lead to all sorts of bad things, just for the record. Not supporting underage porn. <laughs> just wanted to put that out there. But, you know, this is, this is definitely a, a direction we're going where we need, we need to think about it. And I, I also, I like, I like the hopeful message because, the, the, you know, what, what we're talking about in this episode and the last episode and the potentials of, of AI as we head into a, an era where we are in danger of heading into an author, authoritarian era. Mm-hmm. The possibilities of an authoritarian government combined with the what oh, AI that's, can that's do the is... worst nightmare. But we can actually make ourselves better using AI. Yeah, we, can, is, we can improve ourselves. We need this message as a, as as a conscious goal, because right now we're kind of unconsciously. What's the opposite of improve? Uh, <laughs> disprove, <laughs> unimprove, <laughs> become worse. Yeah. I, I guess you're talking about the Kung Fu of, of, of AI and working with AI. It's, Somewhat, it's, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Until next time.